and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Eric Creech. I'm Ashby Graham. Kyle Whitley started Ragnarok, and he's sort of dealing with that situation, so he's not here right now. Yes. Yes. Sorry, Kyle. We, we, yeah. Good luck. Look. <laughs> You start it, you deal with it. That's, that's right. That's, that's all right. I gotta say. Yep. Don't do the crime. Right. If you can't do the if time, you can't do the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So this is actually the first time we've been in studio, like me and you, mm-hmm. in about a month. Yeah. Like it's because the last episode you recorded was with Hunter two weeks ago. Yep. Um, and we had had some already in place. Uh, the community episode, which came out this previous. Monday, yeah, um, a week before. So good, um, so good. Hope you enjoy that. Make sure you check out Return to Beacon Hills. Please do um, at RTBH Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, just show, give them some love. They're wonderful people. And That's right. We really want to do another crossover with them at some point. One hundred percent. And if you don't know what they're talking about, go watch Teen Wolf. Yeah. What are you waiting for? It's delightful. What are you for? It's the perfect summer show to binge. This year. Especially like, you know, episode 11 of that podcast does star one Ashby Brain. I mean, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, and I'm just thankful that y'all changed my locks back uh, on my house because, you know, last time. Well, we- it turns out Hunter and I looked into it and like legally you're not allowed to like just take over someone's home. Stupid law. So, <laughs> but... I don't think there's any legal precedent for taking over someone's podcast because you and Kyle haven't copyrighted this, so. Oh. Whoops. Hang on. Let me text Kyle real quick. <laughs> Put your baby down and go do this now. <laughs> right now. I will keep Ashby busy for another hour. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So. <laughs> well, I'm excited that we are back and better than ever. Um, today we are very excited to be jumping back into the MCU's Infinity Gauntlet. And before we get into all that, we want to thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to us on podcast in platforms like Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, all of them. Please subscribe to us. Every single one. And we will take a five-star review. If you just want to rate and review us, That's we'll right. take five stars. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Just click the five-star button. Or you can say, five stars, this podcast sucks. We'll yeah, take that too. We'll take that too because- just five stars. Just five stars. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. You can find us by searching for What the What Media. All, all one, one word. word. And we're also on Twitter at WTW underscore media. And please share this with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or one of the other 94 episodes. This Woo. is episode 95. Woo. We started this podcast almost two years ago. Man. And here we are. It's getting real. It's getting real. Um, so please share this with your friends and check out, you know, one of the things, I think it was Kate or Kalissa on last week's episode who had made a comment but. About how she really loves that we could just talk about whatever our heart desires. There's something in it for everybody. That's right. And I believe that's true. When you go into the archives, maybe you're not into the MCU. I'm sorry if you're not, but maybe you're not. We have other superhero properties that we talk so about. We have television shows that we talk about. We talk about music a lot. Cartoons. Spoiler work. Cartoons. Toys. Um, childhood Sports. memories. I mean, there's just so many things. So maybe this isn't your cup of tea, but I guarantee you there is something in those 94 other episodes that you would enjoy listening to. So please go check it out. On today's episode, we are taking a 
deep dive into 2017's Thor Ragnarok. That's right. Here is your spoiler warning for today's episode. Wow. Thor Ragnarok is our primary focus. We may be discussing any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Marvel television shows, tie-in comics, and any of the other 22 MCU films taking the entire saga into account. Mm -hmm. We may Mm -hmm. also, no spoilers, but we may also discuss a certain uh, Disney Plus television show that dropped this past Wednesday named Loki. But so excited. I digress. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but I know it's used in that context. So, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I know Kate was a big fan of words and um, and um, correct grammar and stuff yes. last week. So I'm trying, yes. I'm just trying to get that in there. So in case she listens, I'm still keeping up with the correct word placements and stuff. Indubitably, indubitably, yes, that's <laughs> that's what we were going to go. So uh, this is the place where we're going to offer up a brief recap on what happened in the film. I think I will do that if that's okay. Of yes, I've got it pulled up here. Yes, um, but let's uh, let's jump in. So two years after the Battle of Sokovia, Thor is imprisoned by the fire demon Surtur. He reveals that Thor's father, Odin, is no longer on Asgard. When we left Thor the Dark World, Odin was there, but it was played by Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, Surtur explains that the realm will soon be destroyed by the prophesized Ragnarok. Once Surtur unites his crown with the internal flame that burns in Odin's vault, Thor ends up freeing himself. He defeats Surtur, takes his crown, and believing that he has prevented Ragnarok. End of movie, y'all. Woo-woo. Just kidding. So, Thor... Goes to Asgard, he finds Heimdall gone, and his estranged brother Loki is posing as Odin. He finds this in this wonderful scene yes. where Loki is just taking over and he has community theater. Matt Damon makes a wonderful cameo along with a few other actors uh, that you didn't expect to necessarily see in um, the MCU. Um, but Thor exposes Loki. Uh, he forces him to help find their father and with some help from Dr. Stephen Strange. At the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York City, mm-hmm. they locate Odin in Norway. Um, this is notable, by the way, because this is where um, the same area where the Tesseract was found, um, where it was stored in Captain America: The First Avenger. Um, just going and giving you the fun facts right now. Um, Odin explains that he's dying. Ragnarok is imminent, despite Thor's efforts to prevent it, and his passing. Um, Odin's passing will free. His firstborn child. By the way, he ha- he has another child, um, long lost sister named Hela, played wonderfully by Kate Blanchett. Um, and Hela was the leader of Asgard's army. She conquered the nine realms with Odin, but Odin imprisoned her and wrote her out of history after fearing that she had become too ambitious and powerful. Odin, father of the year, yes or no? No. Okay. Um, Odin dies as Thor and Loki look on, and Hela appears, destroying Thor's hammer, Molnir. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. That's a definite what-the-what moment there. Yeah. Um, she pursues the two as they attempt to flee through the Bifrost. She forces them out into space, and she arrives in Asgard. She defeats its army. She kills the Warriors 3. R.I.P. for the Warriors 3. Ugh, so sad. <sighs> so sad. And then she resurrects the ancient dead who once fought with her, including her giant wolf, Fenris, which is a big, beautiful puppy, and she appoints Scourge as her executioner. And she plans to use the Bifrost to expand Asgard's empire, but Heimdall sneaks in, takes the sword that controls the bridge, and he begins hiding the other Asgardians. Thor crash lands on Sakaar. Sounds like a great planet, right? No, it's a garbage planet, surrounded by wormholes. 
and a slave trader designated Scrapper 142, who we will later uh, refer, um, refer to as Valkyrie, subdues him with an obedience disc and sells him as a gladiator to the Grandmaster, who rules Sakaar. And Loki, who's already there, he's already kind of gotten in good with. Um, Thor recognizes Scrapper 142 as a Valkyrie, one of the legendary force of female warriors who were killed fighting Hela eons ago. Thor is forced to compete in the Grandmaster's Contest of Champions. Sounds like a fun time. Guess who his opponent is? It's a friend from work. (laughs) The Hulk is on Sakaar. And Thor, you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's me, buddy. And the Hulk's like, nah, I'm going to beat you down. Loki enjoyed that a lot. And... Thor summoning the lightning, which is notable because he did not have his hammer, by the way. He's not the god of hammers. Right. Um, but the Grandmaster um, sabotages the fight to ensure that the Hulk remains victorious. So he's still enslaved after the fight. Uh, he convinces Hulk and Valkyrie to help him save Asgard, but neither are willing. Um, he soon manages to escape the palace and he finds the Quinjet that brought the Hulk to Sakaar. Hulk follows Thor to the Quinjet and while uh, a recording of Natasha Romanoff causes him transform back into Bruce Banner for the first time in two years. The Grandmaster orders Valkyrie and Loki to find Thor and Hulk, but they come to blows, and Loki forces Valkyrie to relive the deaths of her Valkyrie companions at the hands of Hela. So, deciding to help Thor, she takes Loki captive, and unwilling to be left behind, Loki provides the group with the means to steal one of the Grandmaster ships. We should try to get help. Get help. I hate get help. <laughs> help! My, my brother! He's, he's injured! Um... <laughs> So, yes, uh, they liberate the other gladiators who incited by two aliens named Korg and Meek, who we have not talked about yet. Uh, Korg did not have enough pamphlets. That's why, you know, the uprising did not take place earlier. Ran out of pamphlets. You get it? Yep. You get it? Rock, Rock was defeated he by was paper. He was defeated by paper, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Loki again attempts to portray his brother, but Thor anticipates Shocking! Like, Shocking! Surprise! <laughs> <Yes>. <gasps> <laughs> and leaves him behind where Korg, Meek, and the gladiators soon find him. Thor, Banner, and Valkyrie escape through a wormhole to Asgard where Hela's forces are attacking Heimdall and the remaining Asgardians are pursuing to the sword that controls the Bifrost. Banner transforming into Hulking in. Initially, we didn't think it was going to happen. He jumps right out of that ship and Yikes. face first on the, Yikes. On, the uh, on the Bifrost there. And Valkyrie finally realizes where where she's seen him before. Why oh, he yeah. seems so familiar. So familiar. <laughs> Loki and the gladiators arrive to rescue the citizens. Scourge sacrifices himself to enable their enable their escape. Thor loses his right eye um, and then has a vision of Odin that helps him realize that only Ragnarok can stop her. So he sends Loki to retrieve Surtur's crown. And while he was retrieving that crown, he saw an interesting uh, Tesseract just chilling mm-hmm. there in the vault. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. As well as, uh, as Hela noted, the fake Infinity Gauntlet. Right, yes. Um, <laughs> fake. Surtur, fake. <laughs> Surtur's crown was placed in the eternal flame and he was reborn. That's right. And he destroyed Asgard, killing Hela as right. the refugees Asgard flee. Asgard is not a place, though. Yes, so it's not a place. It is a people. Um, and we're assuming Hela was killed in this. I mean, fingers crossed. But this is this is comic book world, so who knows? But she bad. But yeah. So. <laughs> oh, she was so good, though. She um, was so good. Aboard the Grandmaster spaceship, Thor, now the king, yeah. he reconciles with Loki and decides to take his people to Earth. Yes. And in a mid-credit scene, they're intercepted by a large spacecraft. Yes. Looks very much like very large. Thanos' spaceship. Yeesh. And then in a post-credit scene, the overthrown Grandmaster is confronted by his former subjects, where he insists on, well, no one no one loses here. No, one, It's a tie. It's a tie. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Good job. 
So that is Thor Ragnarok. It came out in 2017, in November of 2017. Um, and it was directed by Taka Waititi. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time he has directed anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starring Chris Hem- Hemsworth as Thor, alongside Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, Tessa Thompson, Carl Urban, Mark Ruffalo, and Anthony Ugh. Hopkins. Carl Urban has been in so many things. Yes, you, you but you to, don't realize he's, he's you don't realize he's he's like that guy. Yes. Okay. Like, yes, and you have to like really just look at his IMDb page to be like, what? Yes. Like, he's been in so many major franchises. I'm going to have to look at this now. But, yes. Um, he's been in Dread. He was in Judge Dread. Lord that's of the, the that's Rings. where I know him. Okay, I didn't. I don't know him from Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you will. Oh, you will. Uh, he's in The Boys. He's in the MCU. He's, he's in the 2009 Star Trek reboot. He's, yeah, he's McCoy in all the Star Trek movies. He's he, in. He, he has a cameo in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. He's in the Red movies. He was in eight episodes of Xena Warrior Princess. Yes, yes. And then two more as Cupid. Uh-huh. Um, He's in the Riddick movies. Yeah. He's in everything. Everything you love. Wow. Carl Urban. Peach Dragon. Wow. Boom. Very nice. Yeah. Amazing. Very nice. Fantastic character actor. I agree. And Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. That's right. That's right. Well, um, this film, as part of Phase 3 of the MCU... It grossed $854 million at the box office, becoming the highest grossing film of the trilogy, ninth highest grossing film of 2017, and there is a sequel, Thor Love and Thunder, scheduled for release next May, May 6, 2022, also directed by Taika Waititi. So, this received praise for its acting and Waititi's direction, as well as the action sequences, humor, and musical score. Many critics considering to be the best installment of the Thor films. Ashby Brain, what say you? Did you enjoy this film? Is it the best one of the Thor films? What are your thoughts? I Okay, so I'm going to try to, you know, we talked about this um, earlier. I'm going to try really hard to bring a little bit of Kyle's opinion into this. Because he's not here. We have to represent him. Do we? And Do we? I'm going to try, okay? Um... I personally believe that this is the best Thor film. It also, you know, we all know how I feel about the Captain America series, but this particular movie really rates up there for me of, of like favorite ever MCU installments. I just, I really walked in expecting sort of what we had, like maybe you, based on the trailer, you could tell it was going to be different but I, I was still thinking maybe we were going to get a little bit more colorful, a little bit more humorous version of what we had seen in Thor and in um, Thor The Dark World. And that's not what we got at all. Right. Um, this had more of, like, almost like if you had taken the Avengers and mixed it with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it, it yes. had that special feel to it. And... I was just super impressed. I was super impressed by the color and the characters and the humor and, you know, how the character arcs were treated and the relationships. And I just, I really love everything about this movie. But I've talked to a few people, Kyle included, since then, who did not like the direction that Taika Waititi took the Thor franchise in. 
they expected Thor to continue to have the same sort of serious gravitas that he has in his movies and then also to a certain extent throughout the Avenger movies Mm -hmm. where Thor is kind of like the strong silent dude and you know he he definitely shows up to be the muscle right like he's the god of the Avengers he's got the brawn and he's got the lightning and he's got the hammer and that's sort of all he ever is in the other movies you know yeah he's not humanized as much he's not allowed to be funny and so i can understand why if you like that version of thor then this movie was a like departed from that in a big Mm -hmm. way and maybe some fans didn't like it as much but i did and uh, let me address you know some of that like I guess if you were expecting the Thor from the first two movies, then I, I guess I can understand why maybe you did not enjoy this direction. But I will say that the first two Thor movies rank in the bottom, mm-hmm. like definitely the bottom half, maybe the bottom fourth. Like of the 23 MCU films, I know Dark World is probably the worst on yeah. my list and Thor's like number 19. Right. Um, so suffice it to say like, that version of Thor didn't click for me. Right. Like it was, it was dark. It was brooding. It was, it was just not entertaining. It was kind of boring at parts. This version of Thor and under the direction of Taika Waititi, Asgard is shown to be more vibrant, more colorful. Um, it pops on screen. The, there's more humor, which I appreciate because you know, if I wanted like dark and brooding, I'd go watch a DC film. <laughs> I mean, I say I hate to say right. it that way, exactly. But like for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't mind th- that everyone has a little bit of humor because I'm looking to be entertained, right? And for me, that's entertaining to me. It might not be entertaining for you, but it's entertaining for me, right? Um, and so this Thor film is a top ten MCU film for me. Might even be a top five. Um, it's it's up there. Um, which is something I never thought I'd say about a Thor movie before watching it, but no, it's, it's fantastic. It, um, it, it does a great job of really making you feel for a character who has up until this point been presented as pretty much unstoppable in, in Thor where, you know, he's literally a, a God in this universe but there's actual stakes involved. The story, um, you, you think the story is saving Asgard. No, the story is realizing that Asgard, as you said earlier, is not a place. Right. And that sometimes you've got to let go and start anew somewhere. Um, I thought it did a really wonderful job of, you know, just really cementing Chris Hemsworth as a great actor in this, uh, in the MCU with that character. Um, not only with the serious moments, but with his humor too. Um, Loki is at his best in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like, mm-hmm. in, I guess, until we see the Loki television series, right? Um, but I feel like he is at his absolute best here, as finally as the, and as we'll see in the continued arc of his uh, character in, in in Avengers: Infinity War, 
finally not as a villain, but as a hero kind of in his own right, where he yeah. is presented the opportunity to finally... But like a Byronic hero. Yes. Like an anti-hero. Yeah, like an anti-hero, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, I also think that like as a, as a bridge, you know, this... The Loki television show does not exist without this movie. No, it doesn't. 100% it does not. Yeah. And early reviews of that television show are very promising, by the Super way. Super positive. I'm Super so positive. I know Screen Rant uh, earlier on Twitter has been posting a bunch of reviews of the first two episodes. Yes. And they are nothing but glowing. Yeah. And, and they say not only does Tom Hiddleston just knock it out of the park as usual, but they said Owen Wilson is perfect in his role as... Mobius and Obius. Mobius. Nice. Nice. Um, But anyway, um, but yeah, that series doesn't start or even come close without uh, his role here. And um, I loved the addition of new characters. Um, I loved uh, Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. Jeff Goldblum did a fantastic job as the Grandmaster. He did. Um, Taika himself as Korg. Yep. Um, You know, just really brilliant, brilliant humor. Piss off, ghost. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I like, you know, how... You're, of your OG Avengers, you've got Steve and, and, and Tony who are intertwined. Not necessarily best friends, but they're intertwined, you know, just based on who they are as their characters. They're the, oh. you know, they're just intertwined. I'll allow it. Of, of the OG <laughs> sure. six Avengers, yes. they're intertwined. Yes. Um, Black Widow and Hawkeye intertwined. Yeah, 100%. Through, through, through here. Yes. So you get a pairing here with Mark Ruffalo's uh, Bruce Banner slash Hulk. Yes. And Thor that they're not really that connected in the story or like in the like overall right. narrative until this film. They they work yes. together. Um, you know, he's a friend from work. Right. Um, you know, they, they, fought, they fight together, but they're not really besties. Right. And... I loved the idea that, okay, they're, we're going to put these two together. Right. It brings Hulk back into the MCU after a two-year hiatus mm-hmm. um, in a believable manner, too. And they do, like, as the movie goes on, you're like, this actually really works. It does. It absolutely it really does. Works. Both with he when he's dealing with both Hulk and with Banner. Yes. yes. It really works. And I, the, the Tumblr, like, fan, fan-ish part of me um, really likes that Taika seems to understand that out of all the Avengers, Thor would be the one, I think, that would connect to both Banner and Bruce. Yes. I mean, sorry, Bruce and Hulk. Yes. Um, You know, and it, like, and I I love that Chris Hemsworth does such a good job with their, and Mark Ruffalo, with their, like, banter and stuff. And so he's really great at interacting with Hulk. But then he also... Like, it's clear that he really appreciates Hulk's, like, brawn and stuff. But he tries to make Banner also feel appreciated, you know? And so, you know, Mark Ruffalo, there's a scene where Banner's like, Banner's powerful and useful too. And he's like, is he though? (laughs) You know? And then he tries to, like, he's like, just stay calm, okay? The sun's going down. The sun's getting really low. The sun's getting low. The sun's going down. Like, he's trying to do the lullaby. Sounds getting real low, big guy. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I just really love, I love the the interplay here between Thor and both both sides of yes. Bruce. Yes, he does a really good job of differentiating how he interacts with both of his alter egos. Um, and I love the like, but, but Hulk and Banner both had a line about how you know you don't need me, and he's like, of course I like you better than the other guy, and. 
Hulk was like, you, you like Banner more. You know Hulk. Frank's like, of course not. No, I hate that other guy. I love you. I you're, love you. You're yeah. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> um, just the, that interaction's great. Um, I, I thought that um, Tessa Thompson brought a really good energy um, mm-hmm. in her role as a drunk former Valkyrie. Yes. Um, and I'm excited to see her expansion into the uh into the existing universe in thor love and thunder Mm -hmm. um but it was really good to see her in endgame after not knowing her fate in infinity war right um thank you um you know uh, russo brothers for just leaving some characters in the dark there right 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 but you know i understand it's you know you don't want the film to be you know right five hours long i get it but um but yeah overall just like everything just really works i know we didn't have uh, natalie portman's dr jane foster in this one and I know there might have been some criticism about that, but she just didn't fit in this film. This right. this was not right. an Earth based film. They were on Earth for like twenty minutes. Well, and they had and, like a little throwaway line about, you know, I'm sorry, like Jane broke up with you or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, It was mutual. It was mutual, yes. <laughs> yes. It was mutual, yes. Um and there's some theories around that too, because she does return in yes. Thor: Love and Thunder. It's yes. been announced. Be that interested she, to see how they're going to do that. How they're going to that they've right. they've announced that she will take her place as she did in the comics as right. the Mighty Thor. Um, and in the comics, spoiler alert for that, but in the comics, she is diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. Mm-hmm. And so anytime, but when she you know takes the uh, the uh, the hammer, mm-hmm. um, Molnir, um, she transforms into the Mighty Thor, saving her life, but also. When she transforms back into herself, then it kills her. You know, she's right. she's dying. Um, so there's some theories going around that she broke up with Thor because she was diagnosed with cancer and, he, and she didn't want him to have to deal with that. Deal with that. Right. So and and Thor has had a lot to deal with over the he years, has. losing has. his mom, losing his dad, losing his brother. Right. You know, having to kill Multiple his sister. Times. As yeah. he talks about in Infinity War, it's like, so what else is there to lose? I mean, right? So. Yeah. So that'll be really interesting, but she wasn't in this film, um, which you know, like I said, does, doesn't really fit uh, with this film necessarily because again, not an Earth-based film. Um, I do hate that we did not get any Darcy Lewis in this film, though. Ugh, I know. Um, but I okay. really want Darcy and Loki to meet. Yes. Like ultimate chaotic good. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, one more thing I want to talk about with the direction of this film: um, the music selection. And I think that's something that really invigorated this movie yes. and this franchise. Um, we've talked about multiple times how a good movie soundtrack can really make a film. Mm-hmm. Like, really, like if it's really integrated into the film. Right. Not, not just a score, but an actual like, sound. You think know. about what ACDC did for the Iron Man movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we've, and we talked in depth with Guardians of the Galaxy how pivotal all those songs were to the film yes. and to the character of, uh, of Peter Quill and, uh, and Star-Lord. Yes. Um, but Taika Waititi's use of Led Zeppelin's immigration song here. Just yes. chef's kiss. Yes. And I think I couldn't find, I, this might be a rumor I read somewhere because I couldn't find any information on it, but apparently Taika argued the use of that song um, and how integral it was because Marvel had to pay millions of dollars to use that one song, which is why it's used twice in Mm -hmm. the film. But I just thought that was really interesting. The best use of that song since Jack Black used it in school of rock. Yes. Yes. (laughs) By far. Yeah. 
So, yes. 100%. Um, do you have any favorite quotes? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so I, many. I have a few myself. So many. Um, she goes, when Valkyrie goes, I can see your face. And he goes, not when I do this, you can't. And he just pulls <laughs> the thing over his face. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my goodness. And then it's not really a quote necessarily, but the scene where Loki as Odin is making the Asgardians replay Loki's death like over and over and over again. And it gets to the point where fake Thor, you know, Loki dies in his arms and he's like, no. And it pans to Thor watching it in the crowd. And this Asgardian lady is like crying and she's got a tissue. (laughs) And he's just like, what like his face is just like what is happening (laughs) and i just really love that scene because there's a fan theory that you know the asgardians like aren't stupid like they're very intelligent people as a race you know and so the idea that odin would suddenly demand a play and a statue of Loki. Like, they have to know on some level, even if it's subconscious, that they've been being ruled by Loki yes. for the last few years or whatever. Yes. But what's hilarious about that is, like, all of them seem pretty okay with it. Yeah, they're getting community theater now. Right. I mean. And so, like, it's just funny to me that, like, Asgard seems to honestly be at, like, its peak wellness mm-hmm. with Odin and Thor gone and Loki, you know, and I, and honestly, I think it's because of all of the people in his family, even though they're not his blood relatives, which he struggles with that Loki is like, I think he's most like Frigga. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's what Asgard would have looked like under her rule. You know, she was a, she was a great queen. She was clearly very benevolent. She cared about the people um, and I just think it's just interesting that, you know, Loki is actually a really good ruler. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I, th- I really love that scene. I mean, I'll just go ahead and make this comment here. Asgard wasn't destroyed when Loki was in charge. Exactly. Just saying. That's what I'm saying. You know? Just saying. So like one of my favorite, uh, moments, um, just of humor in this movie is whenever Thor finds the Quinjet and he's trying to access it. And the computer asked for Thor's voice activation. He's like, Thor, God of Thunder, access tonight. Strong, uh, strongest Avenger, access tonight. Strongest Avenger. And none of them work. And then so he finally realized, like, dang it, Stark. Point break. Welcome, Thor. And yes. then later, point break. whenever Banner goes in, is like, um, that's for voice activation. And they're like, Dr. Bruce Banner. And they're like, welcome, Strongest Avenger. And he's like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, a great quote from me. Uh, for me is whenever I guess Thor's having like his like little like he's fighting Hela and he's having this moment where Odin shows up where Odin died mm-hmm. and he's like I don't have my hammer and he's like I, I'm sorry are you Thor the god of hammers right yes and it's like and that which gives him the kind of the inspiration to kind of access his lightning or whatever but uh just that line are you the god of hammers yeah yeah and, and of course he's a friend from work is just to me like just the best line in the whole movie just fantastic 
And great, you know, again, another fun fact about that line, it was suggested by a kid who was uh, being visited by Chris Hemsworth as part of the Make-A-Wish um, program. Mm-hmm. And um, he, um, the kid suggested, you know, you know, you should call for, uh, Hulk a friend from work. You know, because, and they're like, oh, that's perfect for, yeah. you know, that would be perfect for this. And, you know, I don't know what ever happened to that kid. I hope that kid's still unhealthy and everything. But just to know that he yeah. put in, in my opinion, the best yes. line in that movie. Yes. Got to be. friend from work. That's got to be. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Um, I like at the very end where they're all in the spaceship and they're watching Asgard like burn, basically. Mm-hmm. And Korg is like. You know, the damage is not too bad as long as the foundations are still strong. We can rebuild this place. And he's like, it'll become a haven for all peoples and aliens in the universe. And then it literally explodes into like a thousand million billion smithereens. And he's like, now those foundations are gone. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Korg's just hilarious. I love like, they killed Meek. He's like, oh no, Meek's alive actually. (laughs) He's actually alive. Okay. He was just just asleep. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, just this is a really fun, just quotable movie. It would be impossible. Do you have any any last ones? I know you're going through the Tumblr right now. I know. Just, I'm just looking on Tumblr t- because I like. I'm glad you're able to. My computer is not doing. It that. reminds me, like it's really good at reminding me, like okay, this is, um, you know, like I can I can think. Oh yeah, that scene. I think that's all for like quotes. I mean, I think Hella has some pretty good quotes. I can't really remember them. She does make a comment about how she's the goddess of death. Yes. And like just just very well delivered um when she's going through odin's vault and you know all all of the treasures and she's just criticizing and she comes upon the infinity gauntlet and this was a like people thought it was a plot hole right it probably was a plot hole let's be real right like well how does odin have the infinity gauntlet whenever right you know thanos has one and he's getting one thor's or whatever and she just walks up to him and knocks over the fake. And it's just like just a hilarious way to yes. address that. Yes. Um, just she did such a fantastic job in that role. Um, and I really hope we find a way to get her back into the MCU at some point because um, it's a shame like all of their best villains over the past couple of years, her will talk about Michael B. Jordan's Eric Stevens, aka Killmonger next mm-hmm. month with Black Panther. Um they're one and done's. Yeah. And yeah. But they do such a good job. So I'm hoping there's right. ways to get them back in the fold. Yeah. That's the problem with a good villain. You don't want them really dead. You, you know, but, exactly. but their story exists for the most part for them to be a fool for the hero. Then for them to go away. Right. Cause they're not the hero of the story. And, yeah. Um, I'm, that's why I'm glad we have Loki, Thanos, Honestly, um, Michael Keaton's vulture. Who's going to be making a comeback at some point. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they can get multiple movie runs. So. Look, honestly, like hot take for this movie, the real villain is Odin. Yes. You know, like absolutely. I, I think this movie has some really good like what the what moments. Like we we talk about what the what moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Loki has always struggled with Odin's choices and what that meant for Loki. And I think that as these movies progress, you start really seeing that other side of Odin and how he's actually really not the greatest leader or the greatest father. And you start kind of seeing like what Loki must see, you know, like that he, he's, he lies and he's sort of like this conqueror that like hung up his sword and his helmet and all that stuff. But like at the end of the day, he still wasn't always this like beneficent old ruler or whatever. And, you know, 
from the moment that Odin basically just yeets himself out of existence and leaves his kids to clean up his mess, you start really thinking like, okay, so like maybe, maybe he's not like a great guy. And then the what the what moment in this movie for me is when Hela is going through the castle on Asgard, like the palace, and she destroys that fresco on the ceiling. Yes. And you realize the kind of like awful violent history that built the nine realms. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. So like he's like for real, real, not a good guy. Yes. Um, and it's, that is just so interesting to me. It's the same energy we have when we have a Christopher Columbus Day. Yes. Okay. Like yes. It's hiding the atrocities that built this country. Correct. We Correct. don't like to think about it because right. we want to think that we've always been a good people. But truth right. is, in the history of mankind, mankind has been an awful, evil entity. Right. And has done nothing but destroy and take from others. Right. Yeah. So that, that's the kind of vibe I get when I see like... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Like you have yes. to, but you, but the, the thing about growing as people and growing, you know, learning how to reconcile with that and how to, you know, you have to face that. that yeah. You have to face that reality. Asgard is basically like the British empire. Basically. It's like you, you want to think of them as this like beautiful United <laughs> Kingdom when really we now know like that's classic imperialism. Yep. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, anywho, I, you know, yes, Hela is technically the villain in this, and she is an excellent villain. But honestly, like Odin's the real OG villain in all of this. <laughs> nice, very nice. Um, I think that's a it's a theme that you we kind of see across the MCU when it comes to. I mean, it, Disney animated features. That, that's usually like dealing with like the loss of your mother for the most part. Mm-hmm. MCU films are the loss of your father or, yes. you know, the, the sins of your father coming back to haunt you or revisit you. We see it with Tony Stark um, and him just trying to deal with uh, the legacy of Howard Stark. And uh, we see it with Peter Quill um, finding out who his father is and learning that his father, not necessarily someone who should have been desired um, as a father. Um, we see it here with Odin Um just, I think the thing that it just, if you're going to take a lesson from it, that, you know, just in general, that there is no perfect person to really look up to um, that is, like, in your life necessarily. Like, a, you know, we, we tend to romanticize or to give gravitas to the people who raised us or the people that, but they're human too. Well, when I say they're human too, I mean, Odin clearly not human, but in a, in a sense, he's human too, you know, right. like I know he's an Asgardian and that makes no sense, but he is fallible. Mm-hmm. He is going to make mistakes. He is not, I mean, in general, just not someone to romanticize as oh, the greatest or whatever. Right. And I think that's true of most people. We are, I, I, I've made the comment before, you know, if you're around someone long enough, they're going to disappoint you at some point. Mm-hmm. You need to go ahead and accept that now. And I think it's, the lessons we see in these Marvel movies is just reinforcing that. Like, Hey, everyone's just, there's right. no, there's no perfect. Right. Everyone's just trying to figure it out as we go. Cause that's life. Yeah. We're well, trying to like figure you. out life as we're going. There's, the, no, there's no perfect template for life. We're just trying to figure it out. I mean, in the very beginning when, um, uh, 
who's he fighting in the very beginning? Surtur. Surtur. It's like, you've made a grave mistake, Odin's son. And he goes, I make grave mistakes all the time. Everything seems to work out. Yeah. <laughs> I make grave mistakes all, all the time. All the time. <laughs> that, that's my quote for the summer. I make grave mistakes all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, do you have uh, any questions left unanswered? I would love to see a prequel film of Hela and Odin. Yes. Just how that, you know, how that ended up working out. And um, the only problem with that is you'd have to position Odin as the hero there because Hela would have to be locked up and then it'd be a reason to find it. And that's how most films work. Right. But I would love to see something like that. Um, I, um, I'm interested to know, like, Stephen Strange, like, you know... How much connection does he have beyond Earth? Earth I know he right. has, like, you know, he's fighting the other dimensions or whatever, but, the, you know, the, how deep is his connection with the, quote, nine realms or whatever? And, like, how much has, does he know about? How much, you know, how much is he keeping an eye on type thing? Like, and I'm, we might get more of that in Doctor uh, Strange in the Multiverse of Madness next year. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's something that I, you know, just kind of thought of. Um, what is your, uh, do you have any, anything that you want to add before we get to the, what, what moment? I, so my only sort of like random, I guess, unanswered question, I would love to know more about the Valkyries. I mean, I guess we're led to believe that Valkyrie is the only living Valkyrie. Like yes. the rest of them were killed by Hela, like yes. trying to defeat her. Um, but wouldn't it be cool if you could make more Valkyries? Like, how does one become a Valkyrie? Yes. You know? So, uh, like, a little prequel to the Valkyrie. Yes. And then, then, crossover, Valkyries, Doja Mylors. Ooh. That could be fun. Boom. Just like That could be fun. Bad ladies. I like that. Doing good things. I like that a lot. Just Good. kicking butts. All the butts. Yes. yes. All the butts. Yes. Um, what was your what the what moment? Uh, I've already said my moment. It was the fresco. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was Thor throws the hammer. She catches it. Yes. And it explodes. Yes. You're like, what? No, that can't. No, no, that's no. Not she's right. she's not worthy. She can't even. She can't pick that up. That can't happen. How does this work? And then I guess the secondary one would be um, the start of the immigrant song yes. at the uh, climax the of the battle. movie. Yes. One hundred percent. When Loki's like throwing his daggers and he flips his hair, and, yes, you know, I, my breath catches in my throat. Absolutely. Is that just me? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is just you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the movie? Uh, okay, I think it would be a tie for me. So the Grandmaster. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum won the movie. Uh, between... Jeff Goldblum is always a win. Let's go ahead and you know certify that. But I mean, honestly, <laughs> um, it's a tie for me between Loki and Valkyrie. Okay. Because Loki comes out of this movie a hero. Um, I think he also decides in this movie who he's going to be and where he's going to stand and what he's going to use his powers for, you okay. know, to, for good. Right. And... I think he and Thor's brother relationship is solidified in this movie in a really beautiful way um, that makes me sad for what's to come. And I'm really interested to see 
with Loki having a TV show and then Love and Thunder, how how we're how and if we're going to see these characters interact again? Yes. Um, but then Valkyrie goes from being this, you know, like demons in the closet, alcoholic, you know, literal kind of like trash person who's in a dump selling people um, to buy booze, if you sort of like distill her character down, um, because of all the awful, terrible things she's had to do and deal with in her past. Um, You know, if you think of the Valkyries as like a military unit, then she basically went to war and was the only one that lived. And so, like, she that's got to be super heavy. Absolutely. You know? And so the fact that she kind of, through this movie, crawls out the other side of that um, and then has, you know, we know that, spoiler alert, she actually is eventually going to be ruling Asgard. Like, how beautiful that is for her. Mm-hmm. I just think that she and Loki, I think, have the best character arcs in this movie. I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm going to go outside the box a little bit and okay. say that Taika Waititi won this movie. I mean, that's, um, fair. that's fair. Outside of the, the fictionalized you know, movie parts. Um, yeah, this put him on the map. This put him on the map. For sure. And by, I guess, by way of Taika Waititi, Thor also won this movie because he's going to be the first character to get a fourth movie in the franchise. Um, this revitalized the character. Um, this made the character way, way more popular than it was. And because of that, you know, he's the only OG Avenger left, really. I mean, you know, I know Black Widow's getting her own movie, but she's dead. Spoiler alert. Ooh. Hawkeye's getting his own TV show, but I think that's going to be his last run. I don't want to talk about it. Um, and Thor potentially could be a cornerstone for the MCU and the Avengers uh, moving forward for many more years based off the success of this movie. So, Takawatiti and Thor, co-winners in my opinion. Yes. So, um, let's, so we're going to skip our Teach Us What You Need to Know section. Um, I did have a little thing on the Valkyrie in the comics, um, but we've basically kind of talked about you know, how it plays into the MCU. Uh, Odin sent the Valkyrie to um, prevent Hela from escaping, but Hela killed every one of them except for the one who's uh, remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's your what you need to know about the Valkyrie. But we're going to jump into some fun facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, fun facts and well, I've been out of this. Yeah, just your fun facts, fun facts and trivia or whatever. Um, we're going to do, let's do two each. You know, okay. There's only, you know, there's only two of us here, so we'll leave the other two facts out there in the universe unknown. Um, you know, the soul stone could be somewhere. We don't know. Um, don't know that it exists, so. Right. Uh, and, yeah. So, yeah. So Kyle has the soul questions. stone and the time stone. So, yeah, yeah, Kyle's, you know. So, just... we'll just do the other four facts of the Infinity Gauntlet here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll start. Um, so, Jamie Alexander, who mm-hmm. played Lady Sith, yes. um, does not show up in Thor Ragnarok. There's a good reason. Uh, she did play a key role in 2011's Thor and 2013's Thor The Dark World. Mm-hmm. She also appeared in the first two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. Um, but she had a commitment to the NBC drama series Blind Spot, which prevented her from appearing in this sequel. So it was decided that the character would be written out rather than recast. And the explanation given was Lady Sif was off on a mission elsewhere during the film. Gotcha. And uh, Kevin Foggy suggested it might play to Sif's advantage that she wasn't around as she lives another day 
while the Warrior Three Warriors Three ends up meeting their demise. I, is Jamie Alexander going to appear in Love and Thunder? Do we think? I would love for that. I happen. hope she does. I, I mean, we I, could get like Lady Thor, Valkyrie, and Sif mm-hmm. just like killing it. Yes, hundred <clears> percent. <throat> yeah. So there's my first fact. So uh, apparently, in an interview with MTV News, uh, director Taika Waititi said. <laughs> I would say we improvised probably 80% of the film <laughs> or like ad-libbed and threw in stuff, which is hilarious to me. Yeah. I mean, so that's pretty much how this podcast happens nowadays. It's just uh-huh. 80% yep. improvised. It, yep. It's very tough. I'm very impressed that a such a great movie was 80% just, yeah, we'll just make it up as we go around. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll yeah. figure it out. And also, honestly, like probably better for it. Honestly, yes. I, I would agree with that. Um so my last fun fact is that Takawatiti wanted to include John C. Riley in Thor Ragnarok. Um, John C. Riley, who uh, played um, Day from mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. in the first Guardians movie, um, he wanted to make a point of including him um, as part of featuring characters crossing over from a variety of in-house movies within the expansive landscape. Um, it was reported by Slash Film that Watiti said Guardians of the Galaxy was his favorite MCU movie leading up to his own. And he wanted to include Riley in his own movie. He ultimately found no way to include him, unfortunately. And it's a shame maybe because, you know, they probably would work wonders together. Maybe in another movie down the road. Maybe he survived that attack on um, on Xandar in Infinity War. I mean, who knows? I want to see it, personally. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so <clears throat> this film marks the first time in the MCU that the Incredible Hulk was not voiced by Lou Ferrigno, but by Mark Ruffalo. Oh, wow. So um, Ferrigno, who played the Hulk uh, in the television series, yes. um, actually voiced the Hulk, which we don't get to hear the Hulk verbalize a lot of things in the other yeah. movies, to be fair. Puny God. Right, you know. So he was the voice for the Hulk in The Incredible Hulk in 2008, The Avengers in 12, and Age of Ultron in 15. So this was the first time that Mark Ruffalo was playing Banner and also voicing the Hulk. Very nice. Very nice. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Do you have anything that you want to add about Thor Ragnarok? I don't think so. Um, it's a fantastic Incredible movie. Incredible film. Go check it out on Disney+. Plus. We want to give mm-hmm. a big thank you to Ricky Lyles and our good friend Kyle Whitley. We hope he'll be joining us soon uh, after the birth of baby Sky. Hope she's doing well as well. Uh, as well. Hope mm-hmm. she's doing well as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to thank them for their contributions to our podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. That you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into the MCU films and other pop culture entities as well. Next month for the MCU's run of the Infinity Outlet, we're going to dive into Black Panther. Can't wait. Which I cannot wait. It's one of my top two MCU movies. Um, yeah. I, I cannot wait for us to talk about that film. Next week on this podcast, we're going to do a sequel episode. Two years ago, me and Kyle did Summer Music. Me and Ashby are going to do Summer Music 2. Um, summer Breeze so, makes me feel fine. Yes. Falling and adjusting in my mind. That's not even one of my picks. Wow. Um, so make sure you join us for that episode next week. Until next time, we're not the God of Podcast, are we? Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. What the world? What the world?